0: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Explicit Measures podcast with Tommy, Seth, and Mike. This is our hidden episode number 84. Uh, For those of you who have been following the podcast and are like, hey, where's episode 84 for the last couple months? Well, we have a funny story for you. So we tried our darndest to make sure episode 84 happened. Uh, Original topic was kind of around recent features back in, I think this was back in February uh, of when this spectacular show decided to just crash so my computer had just gotten incredibly angry and continually gotten angrier and angrier with me over the last i don't know since through throughout january i would say and then it just decided to nope we're not gonna have it no way to start a stream we tried multiple times it wasn't gonna work and we just cut it we'd like forget it we'll figure it out later so it's later <laughs> we're, we're
1: gonna we're so
0: gonna figure it out
2: if you're if you're listening to our episodes in order this one's kind of a time warp ahead it's, it's some true. Insights, yeah. <laughs> I mean, okay. and then we're we're playing it backwards. And yeah, exactly. It's be a fun little hey. We wanted to make sure a hundred was actually a hundred. Well, let's say well, that only this, one of us let, is. Let's correct for this. this. Yeah, Tommy
0: wanted to make Tommy. sure that a hundred was I, only a hundred.
2: I was I was happy with this being like the the thirteenth floor. Right? Oh, totally. <laughs> yeah, it's it's Me in too. the building, but the elevator never goes there. Yep, you know, or yep. well, the hidden the hidden floor. One hundred percent. Does 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 that mean they don't like still count all the floors? No, no, it, they're still all there. There's still hundred floors. Either
0: it's just, way, thirteen we, is we, not a real Nolan. floor.
1: Listen, I might have lost the meme conversation for episode fifty. That <laughs> argument, I was not losing this because it would eat at me if we're celebrating a hundred, but we all know it's ninety-nine.
0: We know your O C D weekend, I mean, Tommy.
1: We were there. We were we
2: were trying we to did, get things did, working. We well Man, we- I think we what it, like uh, what it ended we, we actually called it after a half hour. Like Mike's- I was really trying. Died like, like three or four yeah. or five times in a row or something we like had that.
0: A, we had a YouTube stream that went for like seven minutes and that was about it. That was as far as we could get the YouTube to go before my computer just decided to die. So I don't know, really know what was happening. I maybe should have gotten some warning signs when things started blue screening throughout. I just basically did a complete <laughs> computer wipe. I started over, I rebooted yeah. everything, I wiped the drive, I started so installing. And luckily, I mean, so- this happens, right? I mean, I think now I'm going to have a little, a little routine around my computer. I'll just every year, I'll do a little, you know, clean out the drive, start over, do a fresh install every part of the beginning of the year. So that's going to be my spring cleaning. I'll do that for my computer and make sure I get a clean install. So
1: that was the craziest part. It didn't just like crash the application, it crashed your computer.
0: And that's, and something else was like, I'm convinced at the, at the time there were some edits. Like whenever Teams would update, my computer just seemed to have issues. It was just, Constant, like when teams would do something different, it'd be like, "Oh, look, there's new features," and then everything would like freak out. I'm yeah. like, "What the heck is going on?" But you know, I still, I'm, I'm still not on Windows 11. Are you guys oh, on really? Windows 11 for your work? Right I got,
2: now? I got auto updated. Not, not for work, but for my personal side. Yeah. Okay. It, it auto updated. And what'd you think? Take it, take it digging it yeah like I'm i i'm I, I think uh i think i said in episode 97 in the future yeah in, in uh, the future i haven't said the, this yet but i'm the, gonna believe in, that the note the notepad like oh, the were, actual yes. black theme in the notepad where i have white text and black i love it all right I've got... you know and then like the only major thing that is like most noticeable is everything's going back to rounded edges
0: oh true <laughs> I
2: like, yes yeah.
0: i i don't mind i don't mind the smoother edges there's yeah. this um what's that design style that's coming across now? It's like this glassy design. Everything's like glass based. Like, you know, you, you have a window and it's like kind of yeah. transparent and it kind of like opaques the back image yeah. behind it. Like, that's like the thing now mm-hmm. everyone's designing yeah. UIs that look like that these days. It's,
1: it's funny because like, it's so normal now to see that in every, you know, OS. Everyone. But, and then you remember what was so cool back when like the iPhone first came out and it was like, what was it called? Like real material kind of thing everything looked like if it was a leather like a notepad hadn't and it looked like real notes everyone thought this is oh, awesome man. you see that now you're like either this is a spam application yes or, you know yeah like totally true. it's just it's amazing how the design changes but yeah man like i've i had to reset my computer it just recently depending on what time we're talking about but i agree with seth in the future well, and I'll,
0: I'll say something here too. I mean, this is a good topic in general. of Like, what do you do when things just go horribly wrong? I mean, I've been in demos where I've totally botched, you know, you, ha- you, you do a lot of planning. You try and plan the sequence of whatever you're trying to do. You know, the, click this, click that, click this, click that type in this DAX or copy paste this DAX. And you find tricks along the way. I think that goes along with it. But in some cases stuff just gets angry at you and it will mm. not work or you can't connect the internet and stuff is slow.
2: What do you do in those situations? So, so we we're rebranding this cast to basically, when technology dies, how do you cope? I like is that. that. Yeah, is that kind of kind of the gist well, of the I conversation. Think, I, th- I
0: think it's an appropriate replacement of yeah. the uh, previous episode, given our circumstances.
1: Well, and my wife knows whenever it's going to be that type of day because I'll come up like come upstairs once or twice, say a few choice words she's like what's going on I'm like there's a fires i'll handle it i'll tell you later and i call them fires at least on my kind of thing fire drills it, fire drills because it's when a gateway feels or it's just a really important day for the business where you're launching something or what it's just it's never on a day where it's like ah, i have nothing going on
0: oh and, totally
1: but, because there's always a, it's the first part like let's take the example with the podcast like okay why is this failing and i think it always for me it always starts there with these terrible like I know people are upset. I know people are angry, but I have no idea why.
0: You're a people pleaser, Tommy, like I am. Yeah. I don't think uh, Seth I mean, is so
1: much of one of those. When the, people can't view their reports, I don't care if they're happy. I, <laughs> I, I what do you mean by people pleaser?
0: I I I work really hard to make sure people
2: are happy. I like I like That's our job.
0: Yeah. I mean
2: Isn't that everybody's job? Like yeah. you wanna make your you wanna make your customers happy, whether those are internal or external. Maybe I just I have
0: an a, over amount okay. dose of empathy. Maybe my more my more or, empathetic or, than I should be.
1: Okay. If I am doing my job right, but no one's happy with me, uh, do I still have a job next year?
0: No way. Dude, there are no people who do, do this, this all day long.
1: Like maybe back in when IT was IT.
0: You have people that you work with, you're like, these are grumpy people. And I don't I can't stand work like every, I don't go to them to get help yeah. because they're grumpy. <laughs>
1: And And then they don't have a job anymore, especially in the Power BI space. uh, How many mean Power BI developers do you know that are good at what they do?
0: I mean, I find them.
1: And I I want their names. I don't don't necessarily (laughs) work
0: with them. (laughs) I I move on to other things. I mean, I don't... i don't trying to
2: figure out, like, what do you you mean, like, by making people happy, right?
0: Well, so Myers-Briggs or whatever that is, there's, like, there's, there's some personality tests, and I'm a very yellow personality or whatever. Okay.
2: All right. Now we're talking. So, now we're talking. So I, I like right. to,
0: I like to sit down like, yeah. how's your day? How are things going? I need to know a little mm. bit about you first. Right. I don't need to be coming in like bull in a China shop and just be like, all right, what do we have to accomplish? What is the objective? Like, what is the list of hit things that we got to get done? So everyone yeah. can get out of this room and back to their regular lives. I'm kind of more like, man, like let's, yeah. I want people to be happy and enjoy like the, you know, the, the, I get in a car and I'll turn on music And I will drive for hours just enjoying the music. The journey is part of the trail for me. My wife, she's not that person at all. She loves getting in the car and getting in there as fast as she possibly can because there's a destination. There's an objective. We got to hit the objective. And that's just not me.
2: I, maybe there there are a couple, there are a couple things that have, like, yeah, that's not, I'm the complete opposite of that. But like the, (laughs) the, the, there's a company you and I both we, we used to work for that mm-hmm. did one of the the best things career wise that I'd I'd ever interacted with, which was uh, run us through that. Um, uh, personality yeah it's like test a disc and training, that, like a disc right? or something like that yeah, yeah it's like a disc but yep. they had legos right different colors yep. green oh, the ones yellow that mike red, stole right right the ones right. that i stole from all that, the employees who stole. left I, yeah but the best thing the that best was, thing about those like and this is here here's a microsoft teams thing <laughs> yes. right like if you could allow just a little whatever i don't know in the corner show show me show me discs show me you know green yellow blue whatever that helped me interact with my coworkers mm. so much, so much better. Cause I am the bullet guy. I'm like, all right, yep. uh You're here's red. the agenda. Let's let's oh, red, blue. Where red, it was like yeah, tandem, yeah. Yep. equality, and then like way underneath was green yellow. <laughs> it's like yep. yes, I like getting things done when I want to talk. Like I, I'm not the guy that sends the email that's like, good morning, Mike, how are you today? I hope you had a fantastic weekend. Like that in a paragraph of just fluff. Yep. I'm the guy that's like, Mike, you were, you had this deliverable. Where is it at? <laughs> like, right. Yes. But so it, like what you described with your wife is really funny too, because I think there was an analogy um, I heard along the way where two, two different people can go through the same experience mm-hmm. and have completely different views of the experience. Totally. What well, Mike, what mm-hmm. Mike is, is outlining is um, it, it's a beautiful sun, su- sunny day i got my you know, music on uh, i'm really 75 enjoying... 80 degrees yep. walk, maybe maybe 90 walking along the ocean beach um crashing waves like there is nothing more beautiful than the serene setting as he just spends hours walking down the beach yep just lost in
0: my mind just i'm know,
2: next to him walking
0: pissed that and the sand can, is so all, hot no I, yeah, I all, all i can about think me.
2: about is i'm gonna get burned because i'm a i'm a ginger. Yep. Like, I'm, I don't have enough sunscreen on the like, I'm going to step on a shell. It's going to cut the bottom of my foot. We're going to be a half a mile away from the hotel. I'll never be able to get back. The seagulls like, are coming too uh, close to my head. I'm not going to go in the ocean. Look at like that person out there is right next to a jellyfish. There's going to be a shark. They're going to come along. I'm going to have to dive in. Like, somebody's going to die today. You know, like, but it's just my wife and I talked about this exact scenario because she's kind of like Mike eh, kind of enjoys but, yeah. things a lot more
1: than just i just go along I with the flow yes, so, right. so i don't know but, what yeah. color this fits in but if i'm also on this said beach with you i'm thinking to myself how's no one talked about what we're eating tonight Do I, <laughs> the, what are we gonna, that that, <laughs> no, that, that is, is, <laughs> will be my thought there's, like, no the an, of, there's no color for there's no color for an italian it's green white and red <laughs> 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 it, it is Let interesting me, though with you bring up a point going Kind of back to the topic because we clearly trying to get through this one, guys. Um I'm pretty sure but, I'm pretty sure you're no, yellow, Tommy. This is, this is, you're sig-
0: you're an extrovert.
1: I'm an extrovert, but I'm also I can also be very direct kind of thing. Like, but like with mm-hmm. the dealing with the fires, right? It's usually either you find out about it, like where you have 18 emails from Microsoft, or you know, hey, you know, systems down or oh yeah, you just report something failed, or people are letting you know. And it's very much that assessing the situation, like it's this is kind of at the end, after usually these fires the kind of fun where I think you grow the most. They are the most stressful situation because it's almost like improv to me, where you're forced to react in a way where you have to go through like five different things in your head. And usually with the fires, they're not always the same actions. Maybe it's like the same methodology. I'd agree, but. But you're usually doing the same things where you're going like, okay, who's affected? What's affected? How long do I have? How long has it been down? And you're trying to set, and then assess says like the priorities, which are, I don't know. Why are you smiling?
0: I'm smiling because I feel like this conversation went just like we were on the beach just a second ago. I'm sitting here enjoying the beach. Just what are you time. doing when there's a
1: fire going down? That's do? yeah. the most you're, beautiful Are you,
0: you're, you're
2: enjoying the fire. You enjoyed when technology no, 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 no. failed you completely? Yeah.
0: No, I, I'm just enjoying the, the conversation that Seth we having, and Tommy kind of like rained us really far back in because now we're talking about technology again. <laughs> no. last that, time I'm, I checked. I'm with,
2: I'm, It was a good
0: segue. I was still drifting out into the beach. You know? So... You look so, at the
2: Chicago
1: Firego. I love the colors. Like, goodness.
0: <laughs> hey, anybody got any marshmallows?
2: <laughs> so th- this this is, we do this not endorse fires ironic, on the post measures podcast. This ironically is is kind of dialing back into like dumpster fires or technology. Yeah. Like when yeah. when things fail, how how do you cope? Yep. Right. So actually, I'm really interested because I think regardless of personality type, all of us take ownership of our areas very seriously and ensuring that our customers are happy with the product agreed so when things go awry or multiple things go awry Mm -hmm. how how do you guys handle that tommy you said you freak out a bit
0: (laughs) well so so when things go wrong for me typically my solution to solving these things is usually i can work out on a solution i mean bar none And a lot of times when things go awry, it's like, I need to work harder. I get get very tunnel vision on like major things that go wrong. Like something's not working, something's not loading, stuff goes down. I get very tunnel vision and focus on like, okay, we have to resolve this. And usually my answer is shed everything else. Again, because I'm a people pleaser to some degree, right? I want to make sure that the thing's working, get it done. Yes, I'll get it. We're going to work on it right away, you know, jump right in. And I just go until I feel like the thing can be solved. And there's been some, I mean, there's been very few things that I haven't been able to like engineer my way out of, but I mean, there are just some, you know, unfortunate events where you're like, I'm just going to stand stand up to like one, two in the morning, figuring out things to make it work and refreshing the data or whatever that may be. I guess like, that's maybe me. How about you guys?
1: So for me, it starts with two primary questions I have to answer, who's affected and what's the estimated timeline or expectations? Who's affected in expectations? And
0: I I think the expectation management is a big part of this. Yeah,
1: because, and that's what I need to figure out first. Even if it's a range, I need to say, okay, who's the most affected by this? What applications, like if it's a gateway, well, it's probably affecting some of our business applications, obviously affecting like, you know, the reports. And then I'll do a few like kind of trees like, are things working or they're just old or things not even loading. And then the next immediate thing is how do we manage the expectations? Like who do I need to manage? Okay. Hey, leadership looks at this. This is obviously not broken. We need to let a message out now so they can, we can curb their expectation. This is going to be, we're looking into it now. You'll hear the next update da. before I really start diving into how to solve it. I, I, that hat, like to me, I don't, It's hard not to go through that process every time with any technological fail or fire because, like a house, which I'm finding out being a homeowner, it's never that simple. Like, yeah, we'll just (laughs) fix the door. Oh, oh, wait, the rug is larger than the door, so we need to pop off one tile. Right? Yeah. Pop off. Oh no. I I literally had a tear. Like when we bought (laughs) we bought a house with there's no door in one of the rooms, We're like we'll just buy a door, standard door. Well, guess what? There were three rugs on the floor there that they glued. So we actually had to saw off and two inches of the door so it could close. Oh my to goodness. Me? This is, yeah. We, I have other horror stories, but technology can fall did into you, that Did scene. you buy
2: a solid color door
1: or a hollow? You're gonna have to ask my wife, I, I cook. If it's hollow, it, you would have cut off the bottom and
2: had no bottom anymore. Then solid, <laughs> it's probably then solid. solid,
1: absolutely solid then. So glad <laughs> I, we know that now. Um, <laughs> but to me, it's like expectations have to be managed right away, the mm-hmm. sooner the better. And then it's trying to get the timeline. So that's where I start.
0: I like that idea. I think that's a really strong solution for like, when. and I mean, I think not every company has a good routine like that of being able to notify people. I definitely do think the more you become centralized in the governance piece, you need some level of regular communication around those things. Like there's an expectation that, and again, we've talked a lot about governance and things, right? When we talk about those data sets that are highly regulated, potentially mm-hmm. right there's a central team owning it it's that guy that governed a piece to it that sla portion of that is what needs to be commu- clearly communicated i don't know if you guys caught it but on on twitter recently alex dupler was working out something with a it, it seemed like it was like a, a time-based refreshing cycle on a uh he, he built a custom visual he used a neb to do it he, he threw out a random question he oh, said
1: i think I really saw this yeah he
0: has like he's like, i have zero hours you know, 24 hours, 48 hours, you know, 96 hours, Mm. something like that. It's kind of like a a time scale, right? And so every time the report would refresh, he'd be able to capture how old or how stale the data was based on the time of when you looked at the report. So he'd he'd have a measure that kind of like increased in size. So he built a measure in the reverse order so that way the timer would kind of burn down and the color would change based on like how far, how stale the data was, you know? And so he actually had... I thought it was a really interesting scenario, but the same thing, right? There's some thought put into when was it refreshed, is it in process, or is it out? You know, is, is it stale enough that we need to go actually go do something to it? And so I mm-hmm. thought that was yeah. a really good way or good scenario of him putting like a visual on top of how stale the data was and communicating through that meter, hey, we're we're actively working on trying to resolve the issue. There's right. a problem with this. You know, be, be aware if you're looking at the data, there's an issue.
2: There's a couple I I like the I like the direction we're going and there's one other side one I think I'll I'll hit towards the end. But I think overall, when something goes really bad, communication is is the thing that no matter how um, enlightening to the business, like you may feel personally responsible. You can't think about it that way because you have to think about like. What is happening in the current moment? Right. Okay, gather the thoughts enough to clearly articulate what's what's going on. And you can take the podcast, right? For example, right? It's yep. not like we just left users in in the dark after about right. five minutes. We're like, hey, we got an issue. Hey, Mike's Mike's thing crashed again. Hey. Like, <laughs> it's really and, dying. And just you keep people in in the loop so that they they feel part of something as opposed to. Um, nothing happens everybody drops in 20 minutes later you say something like hey no podcast today <laughs> mm-hmm. you know like right but but even within an organization um, it as it relates to to the the leadership and you touched on two points but i'm gonna hit three which okay. i think correlate to some of what you were saying uh tommy and and i'm not gonna claim ownership of these ideas this was actually a, a great thing I learned from my boss, who's mm-hmm. a, a great mentor in, in to me as it relates to how do I interact with leadership? So if, if things go way south, right, and that could be a gateway failing, there's a business impact, especially, right? There's, there's three things he's drilled into my head. What are we seeing? Right? Like, we, gateways are down, like, 100%. What is the action we're taking? Right. And within there, you could you can set expectations of timeline if we know that, like, et cetera. And what is the impact? What's the impact to the business by this being down gateways? That means nothing's refreshing. Right. Um, Reports are down. That means nobody's accessing reports. Pipelines failed. It means there is no fresh data. Right. Like that's those are the impacts that communicating throughout the organization is important because you don't know how many people are relying on certain things, but other people might. And it's an opportunity for them to get out in front of that conversation with customers, whether it's internal or external, Mm. because it allows them to say, oh, hey, initiative taken, these two or three people I'm reaching out to right away because I know that they log in 100 times per day and they rely on this report. So I'm gonna reach out and proactively say, hey, We have a challenge. Uh, It looks like there's an issue with, you know, something in the technical space. The team is saying that they expect to have it up by noon today. Mm -hmm. Crisis averted, as opposed to the opposite of that, where you're not communicating. You're you're trying to do all this stuff under the radar, and you don't know how much frustration is building on the other side of that. And it's going to result in bugs, people getting upset, you know, fire even more fire drills on top of the one that you're already dealing with.
0: And there, and there comes a point, like if you don't communicate those things, things become escalated beyond your right. level of yeah level of, uh, of, of hierarchy in the company. Right. Because yeah. now you're talking like some CEO gets involved or, you know, two levels up, get involved and say, Hey, sure. we're director levels. Their directors start talking to your directors. And then it comes back down to you and there's nothing worse than like, Hey, Mike, did you know your data is not refreshing? Something's all broken here. Like, Oh, I didn't, I didn't know. Like, okay, <laughs> it's in production. Like we got to know these things. Yeah. So like, and, where does that come
1: from? And at the same time though, we're talking about some very blanket statements where we catch it first. And that's not always the case. Nope. <sighs> I, I would love to have a percentage of when someone else notifies us like this, Hey, I'm not seeing this report or these like a gateway failing is pretty dead simple to kind of figure out like, you know, like in terms of what it affects, but there's, there's, Either all these other use cases or scenarios where sometimes it's just a single report or it's something on Microsoft's end. You know, those little things where some people are affected for something that is not necessarily like you get an email saying Microsoft's down, which is pretty easy to manage expectations. So that gray area that unfortunately for us seems to be a lot of those issues where it's like someone inputted a text field into the customer ID. Therefore, any table is affected by that. But in order to find that out, you know, usually it's down a rabbit hole. So there's that the action side of that. And Seth, I I need to say, like, I love those three things and kind of internalizing that um, for for any situation almost, but especially for the fire drills and uh, making sure that's applied. Um, I think that should that sounds like something very universal that should be done. So, I will definitely be taking that with me in my podcast uh, uh, suitcase that I have now. (laughs) So, which is already pretty darn full. But what those situations where we don't know the action right away, like I said, that is a lot of times the case. So, take that same three actions or the conversation we have here, where someone's just coming up to you going, Hey, this is not loading, you know, and what, where do you guys kind of begin your? Let's say your course of action and then investigation, so to speak.
2: Yeah, I mean, typically it's going to depend on the severity of the issue, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and, and that's where sometimes even with these three things, like you you get hung with what are we seeing? We we don't know what mm-hmm. the action is. Like, we don't know how we're going to fix this. So, we the the immediate action is we'll give an update every two hours until we understand like what the mm-hmm. problem is. Yep and and how we think we can resolve it and then we'll give you an estimated timeline on on when you know um we think it'll be done right so technically you can be you you could do like a here's what i'm seeing and the impact is we're screwed until we fix it right yep i'll I'll let you like and then it's intermittent communication 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 until you identify and then can guarantee you know when you think it's going to be completed and then you Mm -hmm. notify people when you've got it up and running again
0: i think that's a good approach and i think i think when you're communicating there's an issue it's a good idea to expect a hey i will you know when you're again i'm thinking like these are like hyper care moments right these are things where people are relying upon your data this is part of a Mm -hmm. a very you know touching you know high touch situation right we're stopping everything else we're doing we're focusing on this we're gonna resolve this issue i definitely think it's very helpful microsoft when they do their Response Mm -hmm. things we kind of mirror what they do, right? So they have got a a pretty well defined system there. Really, that's what. Well, that's what they do. Every they provide if there's an if there's a not when you submit a ticket, Seth.
1: Well, it's it's,
0: it's, difference between tickets and and there's there's
2: a major outage. I would agree with you
0: when they have when there's when their as your Active Directory went down. That's what they did. They said it's down. That's a
2: yeah. That's a massive I'm about just
0: it, I'm just saying though, but hundreds
2: of <laughs> millions of people got it. That doesn't Please. happen all the time. Doesn't, happen all, doesn't the time. happen all
0: the time. But their pattern to do that is, hey, this thing went down. We'll update. An update will come in four hours. If they get nothing done in right. those four hours, they don't know what the root cause. Yeah. At Based least, say, hey, look, we've spent four hours on this thing. We still can't figure out what it is. We think being it's here. Triaged. We're right, being right. Tri- we're still triaging yeah. it. There's at least something coming. We're still doing something. It's not like it's in the ether of like never Neverland. Like yeah. someone actually is actioning on it. So, you know, heads are rolling. But I mean, I like that idea. I think that's I think it's important to communicate. You you've acknowledged the issue. We're looking into it. And then here's our next update will come in three hours. This is when we're going to say another update, of when we're, where we're at with things, and you got to do you,
2: it. You you did bring up an interesting point there before Tommy, like mm-hmm. w- the business brings you the problem, right? And and right. that's like that's where a little retro after these is good because if mm. those are activities of monitoring or putting alerting around your pipelines or something that could have been preventable. Yep. Like those are the opportunities to be like, yep, this is my tech debt thing that I'm going to add in. Cause we need to make sure that this sort of thing may, may happen again, but we are, we're, we're identifying it before somebody else is telling it's telling Correct. us it's the problem.
0: And those kind of things too, right? You need to log those things to some degree because mm, right. that comes becomes into like, we've had a whole episode around what technical debt looks like you may have a lousy process. Something got yeah. built early on and it, or something has changed or, you know, you're bringing in, you know.
2: MVP oh, made it to prod, what? What?
0: Still <laughs> still pulling data for prod out of Excel files? What? But you know, those are things that you- Certified. Can, certified. You put those in the backlog and you come back and you know, that those become opportunities to come back to leadership and say, look, we do need to stop development of new things or we can, we can only do development of one new thing. We need to step back and fix this other thing this problem has occurred multiple times. This is going to continually be an impact and slow us down yeah. if we don't fix this.
1: Yeah. Why does marketing have access to be able to edit customer information or account account information and they're inputting the wrong information, like a data <laughs> type in the wrong place. <laughs> I can't so, fix that. I can't, I fix, can't fix that.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, yes. We're listening out without having more controls around what they can enter and not enter. Yeah. But you're I right. don't know how they
1: did it, but they put a free input in a drop down, and now it broke everything. So
0: but it know. happens it happens but then
1: that affects our the, there's that dependency tree no i, I think there's always going to be cases where people reach out to us and i think yeah you can always log stuff but if you are dealing sure. with Matt, hundreds of tables or hundreds of reports and again it's been great with the the um github community with people using the scanner api mm-hmm. and people are like hey so I got a thousand workspaces and 10,000 reports. So it's kind of failing on me sometimes. So, but if you have that, you can't have like a, the email alert, right. For each one of those, you know, get sent to some, like a, a repository for your whole team. So there's obviously that prioritization, you know, like what is most important to the business? What reports, like if these fail, we need to know right away. So we need to set up some automation. Yep. If this fails, then it's going to affect, you know, ability to load our, our business apps or power apps Mm -hmm. or, you know, so we need to be on top of this, everything else, so to speak, you know, it can be notified by someone else and then we can start that other process. But we have a set of systems where we have our priority items or entities that Mm -hmm. if it does fail, like we have to have that alert us first.
2: Yeah. Yep, makes sense.
1: Yeah, and then the next part of all this, which is honestly my favorite—if it wasn't a fire—is the investigation. Um, I love troubleshooting. Yeah,
2: it's probably it's probably one of my most fun aspects of of technology in general. Just data is is, and I'm pretty good at it. Like figuring out (laughs) root cause issues and Mm -hmm. and explaining or solving them. Like I love obtuse like gateway issues or, you know, just random got to go on a rabbit trail kind of things that that uh,
1: solve solve problems. It's fun. Unfortunately, we're always on a time crunch it and <laughs> well, it's a fire. It's like, I love baseball, except hey. playing in a burning field. Whatever. Like.
0: Well, I, I think, I think well, I mean, another way I phrase this a lot is, especially when I was in the engineering space, it was around, you know, what is the root cause? What was the root cause right. of whatever mm-hmm. the issue was? And then, uh, so I think it's very valuable here to, to talk like about, When you're doing these reviews on things, you're talking about what is the root cause analysis? How do we get down to that very basic level? What was causing the problem? Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes I've been in organizations where the root cause is never really teased out. And so it's much harder for you to like fix that moving forward because you just kind of throw a bandaid on something like, oh, you know, the blank field, this blank record, this record was coming in with blanks. Okay. We'll filter it out. And we just move on, and like we don't understand, like, well, why was the field returning blanks? Was there something wrong in the system? Did something was someone giving us bad data? Because at least that way you have a little bit more ammunition of saying, well, the other system we're getting information out of, there's a problem there that also might need to be fixed. So you're gonna, yeah, I I think there's just a good point about getting to the root cause.
2: It's a it's a really good point because just because of fast fix, typically the fast fix is the one that just stays. Yep. Exactly, and you have to be really cautious about that because, especially in reporting, Mm
0: -hmm.
2: yeah, man, we can cover over a multitude of business things. things. Like, should you? No, right? Like many Mm -hmm. times, not like that. That's where. You know, down the road, all of a sudden, somebody hits the view or the store procedure or some business logic transformation, and they're like, why are there like 30 different conditions in here that are like stripping things out? Like, what if I just (laughs) clean this up? And you're like, no, you just unwound two years of people being like, there's this random thing that shouldn't be happening in our source system. Mm. Like, we'll go fix it. No, you just take it out of the report. Look, okay. Why does this perform so horribly? Well, cuz we're doing 30k statements or you know like whatever <laughs> exactly. the case may be
0: and and i think that's part of the point here too to some degree is like when you're talking about like cl- cleansing data is very yeah, yeah. difficult and knowing how to do that in a repeatable way i think is kind of challenging to some degree I mean, you have this you could have a 100%. lot of information so, you have a lot of business rules around making that mm-hmm. data good for the reports so yeah, managing yeah. that is kind of unwieldy at that point
1: well and it makes it so hard to troubleshoot too or like to even begin that process of that decision yep. tree that you kind of mentally yep. do where it's like is it the user we've had issues where it's that person's computer's cookies you know what i mean or like multiple people for whatever reason microsoft put a cookie in and five people who happened to look that day uh, this is a true story like um they could not load microsoft like the report because some cookies were and i'm like and i was like can you just try this for me and it was like then we had to send this notification out to the whole company saying Notification, you know notice if you use microsoft power bi in the last 2 weeks please clear your cookies before accessing this report like and and Wild, little it, weird things that, like that's it, crazy yeah and and like you can't really blame the user you nope. know because it, it's just one of those you're dealing i think we say this you're dealing with technology it is not straightforward it's they make it easy looking but there's a well, whole that's, that's where yeah. experience comes in. Yeah.
2: Right. Like it's those really whack, obscure cases that when everything's making sense, but it's still broken mm. that you're like, all right, different realm. And you flip into this, like, maybe we just need to reboot something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, clear all the things that, that that's not going to nuke whatever. But this yeah, is like funny. this browser issue. Yeah. If you've ever done software application, though, like totally. You've Dude, run into this. So many browser issues and like random weird things, depending on what people are using or. Yeah, Code is hard to do. There's so many yeah. edge case. like it's, I remember when I was developing stuff for iPhone
0: and, and iPhone and Android applications. I love working on iPhone or Apple products because they had a much lower threshold for variation mm-hmm. across their product line. Their, yeah. their products are very set. Here's the phone. It comes in these four sizes. These are the ones that we support. You only have to build your app for four or five screens. Yeah, it's kind of complex. But then when you flip over the world, to like the Android side, there's like thousands of screens, and you're like, well, how do you support all these things? It's crazy. You yeah. can't. You can't support oh, every single one. You have to kind of like yeah. pick, like, okay, what is the most common devices that are out there, and kind of support them, and figure out. Hopefully, the rest of it still just works.
1: It, this, is go- yeah, said, this is going. Yeah, all you This is going to a lot of our previous conversations. I'm realizing.
2: Well, I I, I wanted to. Take a. I wanted to throw a curveball here, right? Like, up. We, we've been we've been talking about business, fire drills, technology failing. How do we cope with it? Yep. How how how? What are some techniques that you guys have developed over the years related to um, dealing with technology failures during presentations?
1: Ooh.
0: This is where I thought we were well, going originally, and I'm looking right, forward to this part yeah. of the
2: conversation.
1: Right before that, I just have to—I want to mention necessarily already, conversation. It's a curveball.
2: Yeah. do it. <laughs> All right, go ahead. What do you? What do you okay. got? Is the last?
1: Just, I just find it interesting. This conversation is leading to some of our previous things we talked about. Where how important is a college education? Where I think half of this, there's no way any of this is learned in school. Like, Hey, why don't you ask the person to restart the computer or the, like, you know, look at Microsoft support site. Like it's a lot of this is experience. And we talked about what makes a good power BI pro. I just find this all very interesting that a lot of it's playing to like, yeah, there's definitely skills in here, but a lot of this is just experience where I didn't know that could happen. And now I do.
0: I I think some of it is like learned experience, but I mean, on the other hand too, like I, pull a lot from my engineering background of like how I learned to do certain things there. And there's a lot of repeatable, I mean, mm-hmm. I do, I do data science kind of things and granted it's different than engineering. I mean, it's definitely its own kind of field of study by itself, but like there's a lot of very similar concepts that, that bridge both worlds there. So, mm. but I'm, but I'm with you, Tommy, I think a lot of this stuff is learned. I think there's, again, I think what has changed for me in my world, just the last comment to that before we come to back yeah. to Seth's co- uh, curveball. The internet has leveled the playing field, I think, for a lot of people. And when I look at like what you can learn on your own, without needing a college education, go get some training. There's a lot of free content out there. Get involved. You can do a ton of stuff without having to go spend yeah. a dime anymore.
1: But this stuff is. So, I but, don't.
2: but you, 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 the point you're bringing it elicits another idea from me, which is when we're interviewing people or we're talking to people, it's it's not your book knowledge. It's not that you know how to do something. What we're drilling into is, did you actually do it? Yeah. Did you actually go through and build this thing? Because if you did, you're going to be able to speak to the level of pain in the butt certain things are. Or you've lived Mm -hmm. through that experience of learning. And that is the difference, I think, between like college experience or learning something it's, it's actually practically doing that. Yes. And what I think we bring to the table is many years of getting, you know, like slamming your head against the wall (laughs) to figure out these problems that that sometimes occur. But you're even us talking about them. Somebody's not going to be able to like, Oh, refresh. I'm going to like next time I'm going to know like, no, because there's specific situations that you've had experience in that allow you to understand when some of those full nuclear options could be the problem. Right. But I, it, 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 we, we hammer on like learning and whatnot, but it is doing it's doing that. That is what I broke a call really, really gain value. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations.
1: Because <of> the, <laughs> which immediately <laughs> made me not as angry about the situation because my wife was right next to me. She's like, any, I didn't throw it. It just hit, but I'm obviously t- Okay, let me all tell the right. story. I'll, uh, I i, sorry. I no, no sorry. Right. Right. We're
0: good. We'll just let it be. It's all right. You bring <laughs> so about mug, demos, right? There. Guys, okay.
1: yeah, like you give a presentation and what happens? Oh man.
2: But I, have uh, you ever so for I, first thing, have have you ever yeah. had massive failures during a presentation? Yeah. Oh, yes.
0: I have definitely yeah. I have I have definitely DAX is one of the things that are kind of tricky if you don't know what you're writing in DAX you can screw up a lot of things and it just won't work and I've tried to be like it's usually where I'm on the if I have my normal playbook of what I'm trying Mm -hmm. to teach through DAX stuff works I have my point I'm going to you know put my DAX statement together I've already tested it it works I do that and it works. It's when people give me like the other questions, like "Well, what happened if you would do X, Y, Z, or I want to calculate something like this. I'm like, oh yeah, it's no problem. You just do it like this. And I'm like, fail. Like, it's just like, and you're like, well, you know, Google SQL BI, they'll figure it out. <laughs> but you know, um, usually it's like a follow up kind of thing. I had to like, you know, like I didn't have this, the right, you know, context or what you're looking for or the data wasn't right. And so I've, I've definitely botched some DAX demos. Pretty bad, and had to like, you know, come back with a final solution. Hey, I'll email you later yeah. what with, with the right solution is. Well, I'll think yeah. it out and write it out for you because it's kind of hard on the spot to do those kind of things. Sure.
1: Well, you're talking about two different kinds of failures where you have the technological fail, and I wouldn't consider that the DAX one a technological fail. That's more of a demo fail. It's kind of the coding to the application. Where we, in my say, it's like literally in Houston, I was doing a demo and my computer, newly upgraded to Windows 11, crashed. Oh, it yeah I remember froze. that. And it was like, well, that's great timing. and kind of to your point where you're not just like, uh hold on, hold on like I, it gets maybe- so
0: awkward in the room. like whenever yeah. you're doing something like that and you right. have to like wait for your computer to start up, you don't ever know how long a computer takes to start up until right. you're in a room with people staring at you and the computer is not happy. That that three I, and a half minutes is a long time. Yeah.
1: Ironically enough, I said, this is why you need a good data model. <laughs> because it was about <laughs> standard data models. And it's and it just like having the back... Anyways, but yeah. But the DAX one, too, it's like, someone asks a question, you kind of pivot, or you're down, you're just not in the groove, so to speak. There are two very different use cases there. I,
2: so, I would agree with that. Uh, 100%. But I uh, like to Mike, to your point, you're dialed in demos always there there's always challenges with demos which is why they they're fun and or not fun depending on on your presentation style um but i would like there's just a heightened your brain is on a different wavelength when you're in front of a bunch of people i think so and and those problems that you could easily decipher on your own you're just not thinking about no like Mm -hmm. in general right because you're You have the whole spectrum of your presentation, the things that you're trying to convey, the very realization that it's not working the way it should, you know, and all those just amp up the stress levels to the point where, you know, yeah, you can talk around those things. You miss Um, very simple
0: mistakes. Yeah. You're you're like, you missed a comma somewhere or there's a A parenthesis missing. A great way
2: to do that, a great Mm -hmm. way to mitigate through that, though, is like ask the audience, right? Depending on if you've developed a repertoire with uh, the audience or that's kind of your style, that it's an option. Um, I guess some of the things I'll bring up, like kind of lead back to like, what are the things I used to do right bef- when I started presenting, mm-hmm. right? Because you have to plan for a technology failure. You mm-hmm. you have to assume yes worst case scenario when you're yep. presenting. And until you've got a lot of presentation experience under yeah. your belt, it's better to over-prepare just in case, yep. because the worst thing that happens, and I've seen it is they didn't prepare for it and your presentation like the the 40 or 50 minute session you went to ends after 15 minutes mm-hmm. and then and then you're you're dead in the water because you're not going to join another session so you just lost 45 minutes as an attendee mm. and that's kind of like the worst case scenario right from a presentation i would standpoint. agree so like what what i would do is a couple things if you have a demo failure or something like glitches a little bit like always have some questions for the audience, Mm -hmm. right? Like, hey, uh, so-and-so, tell me about, you know, this and this or what your experience is with something. And it's great if it's a small enough room or there's a mic. And then you can have kind of some dialogue going on instead of just standing up on a stage and feeling really awkward. If you don't break that that tension, it will be really awkward, right? Like an audience is, is just as nervous or uncomfortable as you are as a presenter that's a, the other a the idea. other thing i would say is there are definitely things you can do to like mitigate that like i i i always had three different things like and and you'll laugh but i had a paper copy of my presentation just so i could speak to it like mm-hmm. i may not be able to show sides but at least my flow wouldn't be disrupted because i could still speak to things i could amp up the description of what would be on the slide and work through that and i've seen some presenters do that with maximum effect and you, you would like, you didn't miss a thing just because you couldn't see a slide didn't matter because mm-hmm. they just kept going, but they had their reference material. Correct. Um, I would back up on a OneDrive, And when I first started, I'd carry two laptops mm-hmm. so that if I needed to, I could spool up the other laptop. It was already prepped. It was already had like all of the presentation material set up the same way. Not everybody can carry around two laptops and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, yep. like, what are the ways in which if things were to totally fail, how would you recover? And what would you do while you were reco- recovering are the things I think that give you a lot more comfort on stage. But at the same time, realize that it like technology fails are periodically just the bane of the way anybody's is. existence, but for some reason, like it always hits at least one presenter in, in every conference I've been in. Oh, totally.
0: And uh, so another one of these, I like your, your scenarios there. I like the ideas of having two laps, two laptops, one backup drive. Uh, a lot of times I'll be doing demos of like charticulator or Deneb or like visuals or, or, you know, things that I've, I can pre-build. So a lot of times what I'll do yeah. when I ever have presentations, particularly in power BI desktop, I'll build the thing that I wanted to produce and like put it on another page and hide it. Yeah. And so I have a lot of this, like, you know, it's kind of like the baking shows, right? I'm going to put all the ingredients it's together my... and then I'm going to pull out the baked thing that I've already <laughs> the prepared, the final product. The yeah. final product. Yeah. And so th- that's another technique that I've used a couple of times. If I can't build what I'm trying to build verbatim for whatever reason. And again, this is also kind of hard to handle when you have, you know, the Power BI desktop and or these other tools, they're mm. also updating. So something where you thought it was may yeah. no longer be there or have been deprecated or like, it just happens. So there are there are times when I just, you know, like, okay, we're just gonna have to just roll with it. And I always have this baked version of whatever we're trying to produce somewhere else. That way it's kind of already there and ready to go in case something goes awry. I can't load the visual, it doesn't work. We can always fall back on that designed yes. or com- completed object
1: and with the with the baked version which i i absolutely love and i think i if there's anything you anyone listening cooking would take related away, it's cooking related like oh, always, make sure oh here's the analogy related. and i know you're gonna berate me for this it's but like make making sure it's still, like
0: making pasta with with a bad egg <laughs> and and the, and the noodles don't <laughs> hey, come okay, out yeah. yeah
1: right make sure you can still eat that's the, the oh thing. You there may, you go so yep. even if you're like, well, I don't I don't know what happened here, kind of thing, it's like, well, good thing I have and I would I had depending on the demo, I'll have like three versions of where I'm at, kind of thing, where I'm like rather than the final version, it's like, well, good thing I had the dough in the fridge. Kind that of takes thing. a lot of time. It does. Well, if you're doing the demo, just save as, save as at different points. Yes, mm-hmm. correct. We're like this is my query load, this is my relationship. I'm at this phase kind of thing. Yeah, and I, that that is a lot of work. I've done like, that a lot.
0: That's another great technique yeah. when you're doing, like, full pre-con sessions when right. you, like, start teaching people how to do things. Right. I will build the content, and then I will walk through and I used to just build it on just expect yeah. everyone else to kind of follow along. And if you got stuck, we'd stop and right. fix you. But that took so much time to get that done. So now what I do, especially when I'm teaching classes, is I run through all the content, and I go mm-hmm. to, like, a break point here's the first lesson and then I'll save off that version and then I'll just keep walking through my documentation and then I'd save another one. So I have like these snapshots or these milestones throughout the presentation where each milestone is a saved version of a file. That way if someone's like totally like got the wrong data, nothing's working, it's just not happy they can always open up an existing file and right. catch up really quickly. Exactly. And now they're another good starting point to keep going on with the rest of the class.
1: Because even if you're in the baked cake scenario, if you're only 20% yeah. done, you're like, here's the final thing. You know, that doesn't help. So I yeah. may have like a, like a, t- like four or five different versions. Yep. Because it's not hard if you go through your demo once, go, okay, this is a good point. Yeah, you save. Know? And also that helps save you as. with your own. Yeah, save as. Yeah, like and that. But that also is kind of a side effect where it kind of helps you break down your demo. Yes, um one thing to my assess point about the engaging the audience this is this is a whole other part of the it's amazing we're giving all this content away for free, by the way. This is some awesome awesome content eh, here. You know, just say, I'm just it's saying, a hidden, it's a hidden episode. Man. It's, a, <laughs> yeah. it's gotta be good. Man. The beauty,
2: you
0: gotta look for this. I, you know, the beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Some of the people maybe say this is junk. I don't know.
1: <laughs> oh man. But, uh, no, well the idea of engaging the audience, right. Where they're only as confident as you are too. So this is part skill, but very much part experience where you have to know if people are relaxed too. And you know, I'm very much, Going way back to the beginning of this conversation, I may be in between you guys, but I'm a very um, alert to people's like demeanors, kind of thing. Like if someone's kind of looking look at me, like like I I it will it can break me. So if you kind of sense the audience of like you know oh, or just like they're laughing with you or whatever, and when those demos break or at you, one thing, yeah, <laughs> yeah, throwing things. <laughs> but what I try to do before before any even if it's a demo or not a uh, demo, but what helps is engage them early. Don't engage them for the first time. If it breaks, yeah. like would we'll be nope. like five, but 10 minutes before grade, the conversation, like where are people from kind of thing, or just to get people a little loose. So when that break, it's not like, uh, uh, so what if something broke for you? And everyone's like, I didn't think oh, this was a talk and dialogue where they already yeah. feel comfortable to talk.
2: Um, but I think, so, I think yeah. you can do that. Like, we should probably do a different episode on this. Yeah. One, but like, ha, like knowing, knowing your audience is kind of a cliche statement, but if you can build a repertoire, yeah. uh, not a, uh, not a repertoire um, rapport with the audience, right from the get go, you're, you, you win, right? Mm-hmm. Because then these, these types of things, they don't, they don't look at you like, Oh man, this is the most awkward thing in the world. And that person is like, I feel uncomfortable for that person on stage right now because you, you're relating to them. Like they're learning something from you. You're human too. Yeah. If you nail that kind of interaction and sometimes that's questions answered, people responding, like some speakers do really well with like people randomly shooting out questions. Some hate it. Right. Because it messes with their flow. But, Both of those types of speakers can still have a great interaction with the audience as long as the audience is keyed in. But to your point, yeah, part of like being a a a good presenter is being having empathy, recognizing, looking in the audience, and if people are like, they're like,
1: (laughs) you know, like I'm losing you, yeah. Yeah.
2: What do I got to do, right? Or like the guy in the front row who's just like sweating bullets (laughs) with eyes wide open because your computer just crashed right right like that's not a good sign like you know like (laughs) reading your audience is is something i think you're you're bringing up right which is something you should always be doing it'll be interesting when we go back
0: to live events because i haven't done a live events in a long time long time so it'll be interesting to see when that starts happening and how I, I haven't done a presentation to a live event group in the, quite a this, while. It's been yeah. all online at this point for the last two this years. Was sort of the hardest I mean, thing talking, to a, started, talking to talking yeah. to a camera <laughs> like yeah, and yeah. two goofballs, yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: well, it's been easier like do like when we started the Chicago user group and we would do teams, and I would be down in my basement like you know at eight pm yeah. and I'm like i'm I feel like I'm doing cons- conspiracy theories like about toothpaste kind of thing, because I'm like, who am I talking to? And it was said there, you know, how many people on. <laughs> so that interaction, it was, it's the hardest thing to miss. I'll, um, I'll th- yeah. I want to throw your point
0: there, Tommy. I like that point a lot. When you're by yourself, only presenting with your, only your camera, it definitely changes the dynamic. Being able mm-hmm. to present with somebody else with you, whether they're producing it or helping out, has been a huge game changer for, I mean, for me. And when I present with other people, um, I really like having the ability to have multiple personalities, faces. videos, cameras, faces, whatever you want to call, it, kind of together. Uh, and I think, I mean, one of the things that Seth and I do a lot is we do a lot of co-presenting. Right? We mm-hmm. would go to an event, we would present things together. So Seth would do a portion of it, I would do a portion of it. Seth hated my portion because I was so always so unprepared. Seth was always way more prepared than I was. So it just kind of like, but it was great it worked, because it always worked out. It always worked out because when one of us would falter. We could ab- we could observe what was happening. We would catch. We would, we would absorb the the mm-hmm. the mistake and give the other person yeah. space to figure out what they were trying to talk about. And yeah. the other person can jump in with like letting this the the void not just be silence. And that's again, you can't always go into every presentation, every conference, and have two yeah. speakers for every single thing. But that was really helpful. And if you can, it's great to have a co presenter with you in, in certain topics because it really. I mean, everything we do with like Greg, I've done a couple of events with <clears throat> Steve Campbell. I mean, they do the presentation and I can say, hey, I got a couple of questions or, hey, can you explain to me a little bit more here at this one area? And it allows them to take a breath, collect some thoughts, take a drink of whatever, and then go deeper or ask, answer that question. It makes it a little bit more fluid, yeah. I feel like.
1: I don't remember who gave me this tip either. I, I know it was one of you two, but... What happened when I first did the goals demo, I failed miserably. It was the shock Chicago one. I didn't click on the right thing. I was trying to really figure my way around and I had you guys on, but I was just struggling to try to pivot. And it was like one of those, like you just either weren't on your game, like you just couldn't get the ball. And I think one of you said, like, you always have a picture up of someone, you know, on this, on like, not on on the computer. So I started putting a picture up when I do presentations now. Yep of like my daughter or my wife just to see like a smile kind of just to see a face. And it, it's amazing how been, yeah, yeah. I,
0: I think it was me because I went yeah, it was a, for me. <laughs> I went I went through some training sessions uh, and and one of the one of the techniques they use when you're talking to a large audience is when you're looking at an audience focus on a person talk out your point to that person don't make it so long that it's awkward. And then transition your look mm-hmm. or your gaze to another person yeah, that, that and idea. finish the thought. But th- but that's that is a very like intentional thing. And right. it's, it's a learned behavior because it helps you remove those stutter stop words mm-hmm. of like the ands and the ums and the. You can finish the thought. Is you can if you transition too quickly, you lose that context and your mind kind of yeah does that pausing every so often. You're like I'm, okay, I gotta keep right. thinking about what I'm doing now. There's too much going on. So, for me, that works really well for me. So, I have a camera that has a screen on it and I can talk to myself essentially, but at least I'm looking at someone. They're reactive. I can see my face. I can see what's going on there. It helps me keep my thoughts together for longer periods of time.
1: Yeah. And uh, one, yeah. And I absolutely love that, regardless of things fail or not. But I think especially the other part too is I don't know if you guys do this, but, and it's not in every use case, but when something does break, instead of thinking, oh no, something broke, I try to think, how can I use this to my advantage? Like obviously try to figure out the issue, mm-hmm. but what can you do? Does it relate to the presentation where you're talking about DAX? And it's like, hey, you know what? This is actually really common in DAX when you try to do this. This is why debugging is so important. That yada 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 kind of thing. Or if your computer breaks to try to say like, what does that have to do with my conversation? How can I use this? Mm-hmm. Because I think a lot of times it's, the old adage where people would complain about, I think it was Delta Airlines, and they would say, my flight got delayed. And they did a study that when Delta would respond to them, people had a higher satisfaction rating for Delta than people who didn't have a, a, a problem. So when Delta was said, we're sorry to hear that, hey, what can we do for you? Contact us here or message us here on Twitter. Those people actually ended up feeling more strongly or more positive about Delta than people who didn't have a flight delay. Mm-hmm. which is incredible and it's is that power of engagement. okay use this yeah engagement mm-hmm. so both those things for fires for me have been a huge thing now i don't mind always do the best job of what topic i get into but at least at one you're not just going hold on guys hold on um just trying to say yeah this is almost part of it see this is what happens so i don't know do you guys think that way at all i think
2: i think that becomes easier the more presenting you've done where, where you you can pick up where you left off or where mm-hmm. where things went awry um, on I do a lot of pre-planning right so mm-hmm. b- before and like to Mike's point it's been a while <laughs> going in front of a live audience but yeah um, I, I actively run through scenarios in my head where what if, what if what if things break like what if, what what are my next steps because one of the one of the key important parts for for me anyway, or any presenter i guess is until you get really comfortable with transitioning from like oh crap mm-hmm. i was just presenting now i have to deal with this stuff while also carrying an audience because they're here to learn something and i still have that goal in mind yeah. if you're if you haven't thought about it at all you'll hit that you'll hit that and you'll just be like deer in headlights mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you have to fix something that you lose context of the audience what you're trying to do a minute feels like an hour the whole 9 yards versus oh crap my machine just turned off i've thought about this before i know what my next 5 steps are and while i'm doing like so that gives me a level of comfort to go do take actions on something agreed while transitioning right. to a state where i can get back into the mode of like finishing out the presentation, presentation. yeah
0: I think a lot of times when, when things go wrong for me, it's a lot of like transition to other interesting facts or notes or, mm-hmm. you know, ask questions, let the machine figure its thing out, pause, you know, engage that, take that time to engage with the audience. So I think these are good, good talking points. I don't I think we should go back and say, what are those audience warm up questions? What do we, what do we use to warm up the audience? That would, be great. that would be a, that would be a good episode right there. We'll have to write that one down at some point. So I think we've done it again. I We were hoping this was going to be like a 30-minute episode, and here we are at full it's hour in. It's impossible
1: for us to do un- under we an hour now. We,
0: when we started the podcast, we're like, we'll just do short little 30-minute episodes. It'll
2: be no problem. <laughs> we got too many now words. We have, we have problems yelling at each other, and
1: we're hitting an hour. We're hitting an hour. We're like, we're <laughs> like, like we shut it, it down. down. Shut I'm it down. Like, yeah. All right. Pull the plug. Just one more point. <laughs> the best part, Seth and I, right before the going, I am so tired. We are doing a short one, getting out of yeah. here.
0: Yeah, it's been a long one day of the
1: week. It just speaks to you guys, how much <laughs> I enjoy you guys so much.
0: Awesome. Well, with that, uh, we thank you very much for listening to the podcast. We'll kind of wrap this one up. Uh, thank you for uh, finding hidden episode number 84. Uh, we're going to hide this one. We're not going to publicize it at all. We'll just kind of throw it out there sneakily and see what happens uh, and see, uh, see what people find out about it. Anyways. Uh, thank you all very much. Our only ask uh, as you engage with the podcast is if you like the content here, if you think it's engaging, you you like what we're talking about, Please uh, just share it with somebody else, tweet it, send it out on LinkedIn, let people know that you enjoyed the podcast, and uh, you know, give us a, a thumbs up or a like on some of the social media platforms that we do this on. It just helps us kind of keep going and doing it better. Tommy, where else can you uh, listen to the podcast if you're not actually watching it uh, after the fact here on YouTube?
1: I really wish we had an Easter egg in here. Like, the code word is... Let's go Yankees or something. Oh my like. gosh! So and then I will send you something. I don't know. Anyways, you can find the podcast anywhere they're available. You can uh, and listen on Apple, Spotify, Overcast, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify again, Anchor, yep. all these great platforms. Make sure to leave us a uh, rating. Subscribe to the podcast. Yes, leave please. us a five star rating. Really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. If you want to know when future episodes are. Listen uh, or subscribe uh, to Power BI Tips on LinkedIn and YouTube, and you'll know our future episodes Tuesdays and Thursdays. Thank you, guys.
0: Awesome. Thank you all very much, and we'll see you next time.